Hallelujah, and thank you. We have new equipment. <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to Kingdom Conversations, where we have uh, supernatural and prophetic times. Nope, we're not muted. Just a little bit. Boy, what that does to your hearing, it clears out all of the spots. <laughs> Father, we thank you. We are having kingdom conversations, which are supernatural and prophetic conversations that come from the Word of God. Welcome to Stunning Love Global Church Fellowship here in San Jose, California. We are on the second side of the building in our studio sanctuary. I am Pastor Lindsay Lee. This is going to be interesting tonight. We will do what we typically do. We're going to pray. We're going to find out what the Holy Spirit has on His mind. Uh, and wants to release into our hearts and we're going to I believe be provoked to change and to be there's some things I got stories for you so let's start with prayer and then we'll go on from there father we praise you and we thank you for the power of your word we thank you for friends that come to help us in time of need thank you for pastor Mike Rodriguez uh, from Golden Altars thank you for his assistance today we thank you for this crew, this, these, this team of individuals here that come together, that work together, to flow together, to learn what we need to learn. And they're crackerjack, God. They do it in less than two hours. I praise you and thank you for the apostle of this house as she's journeying back uh, from family business. And I thank you for the protection that is over her. I thank you for other members that have gone camping or gone wherever it is that they've gone, on um, vacations or visiting or ministering in the streets, whatever it is that they happen to be doing. I thank you for your protection over them and for your word that speaks into their lives. I thank you on a personal basis for my baby sister celebrating her birthday today, that I have a baby sister, and she's no baby, but she's still my <laughs> baby sister. And I thank you for her life. I thank you for her husband and her children and, and her care of others. her as she was a child and it's in the adults and Lord I thank you for that I thank you for my brothers I thank you for my family I, and, and yes I know we say my biological family versus my I thank you for the family that is mine by blood the blood of Jesus and that encompasses so many individuals I thank you for the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists the pastors the teachers that I've been blessed to have come into my life I thank you for the loving unity uh, movement I thank you for there's this and that and everything, the new property that you have for this ministry and for the unity of the people of this house to learn to pray together as one in you. I thank you that my ears are inclined to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say tonight and that the rest of us, that we're all tuned in to you, sir. You'll lead us, you'll guide us, Holy Spirit. I know that today I, I grew more in love with you than, than I was before. You have endless capacity. So I don't think you ever grow any stronger in love for us because it never wanes. But we do increase in love for you. The more we learn about you, the more we move from conditional to unconditional. And I am just so awed by you and by the things that you're doing, the, the doings of Angels don't.
want more of. I pray for families and for friends. I pray for individuals that are wounded and hurting. I thank you for manifested healings. I thank you for people in the body of Christ that learn today not to ask you to give what you've already given, but instead will receive what we have because of what you have done for us. You are so wonderful. And I choose to rest in you. I don't have an agenda. There's some thoughts that I had on my mind, which I don't know where they are right now, but they're not there. But you'll bring to heart what you want to talk about. And so that's where we'll go tonight in this kingdom conversation. And we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. Before I go too far, I want to uh, share briefly on the time that a number of the leaders in this ministry spent this past, uh, last Thursday, uh, forgive me, last Friday and Saturday when we went to Fresno, California to attend a Loving Unity meeting. And most of us, for most of us, uh, other than one, uh, one team member, uh, this was our first time going. And I tell you, it was life changing. I think that any message that comes from our apostle, Dr. Baker, is a life-changing message. I really believe that when she releases the Word of God, the power, the breakthroughs are always there. I think that sometimes people in our house have missed it because we chose to be familiar with her instead of seeing her as spirit that is releasing from spirit to spirit. We have a tendency to look at the outward appearance and to or the person that we think that we know. And I want to, us to take note of something out of the book of Revelation. And prayerfully it will be very helpful to you in future. And that is that John, the revelator, was a He wasn't the Jesus that he remembered. He didn't need a revelation of Jesus of Nazareth. He already had that. He had spent time with him. He grew intimate with him. He, he was close to him. And he, he had deep affection, abiding affection for him as Jesus of Nazareth. But that Jesus was the one that went to the cross and the death, burial, and resurrection of him. He rose up in his true state. We learned a little bit, or we talked a bit on Sunday, this past Sunday with regard to how when Jesus came into the earth, he came as himself. He came as the spirit of Christ, but he was dwelling in a human body. And so his best self came into the earth, but the fullness of who he was could not be contained in that human body. So therefore, he laid aside certain things to walk in this earth the way we were intended to walk in this earth, to walk in communion and fellowship with the Father, the way we are meant to walk in fellowship and communion with the Father. And so by so doing, he taught us, he as an apostle, as a prophet, as an evangelist, as a pastor, and as a teacher, he took the time and expressed all those giftings that were to be for this government that was being formed, this ecclesia, which was the, is the governing body of the kingdom of God in the earth. And so... John needed a revelation of Jesus 
as someone he had never met. And so he saw him as he is instead of as he thought that he was. And I said all that to say it's the same lesson each of us has to learn. Scripture tells us don't know someone after the flesh. Know them after the spirit. You can admire the good-looking flesh or the ugly flesh for that matter, whatever it happens to be. You can be in relationship with it and honey, flesh to flesh, sometimes it's all good and sometimes it's not. But spirit to spirit, there is no war. Human spirit, born from above spirit to born from above spirit, there's no war. The fights, the things that James talked about, where are these wars and these things that come from amongst you? They come from you walking in the flesh. They don't come from you walking in the spirit. They come from your ignorance of who you are. Are you with me so far? They come from the ignorance of who you are, of, of, of who you really are and what you really are. If you ask us, we typically would tell you, well, I'm human. It's like, well, you live in a human body, but you're not human, you're spirit now because you're born from above. And so we have to live from a place that we're not used to living. And we have to be something that we're not used to being. Renewed. The one new man, the oneness and the unity of the spirit. Is, are y'all with me yeah. in terms of what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, pretty, because I'm kind of... Um, I feel that comes through our apostle, we're supposed to pay attention to it. We're supposed to be taking note of it. We're supposed to listen to it again. We're supposed to take more notes and we're supposed to pull on those words. Am I downplaying myself as a pastor? Absolutely not. But that's what I do. I get it from her. Okay. I get it from the Holy Spirit that he's speaking through her. He speaks to me direct too. But he doesn't tell me anything different than what he tells her. I may say it, express it in a slightly different way, or I may pull in on something else because that's what I do, being trained that way, apostolically, prophetically, in a teaching mode, that I will pull those things, even if I stand, as I stand in the office of a pastor. But yes, we all, uh, many of you might know that that's where I started, is as a teacher, more so. Of course, we were talking Sunday school teacher, and, and things of that sort, but there was more to it than that. And I honestly, this is a side trip, uh, but we'll get to where we're going. You see, I, I believe that no matter what you're called to in ministry, no matter what you're called to do, intercession, intercession is the first part of the call. The learning to lay down your life for others, the learning to speak the things into the earth that God once said on behalf of other people. Because I think that intercessory prayer is a very excellent way to learn to lay down your life. You see? Because you can't intercede for yourself. Well, you can, but you don't, in, in this sense. It's, it's, intercession moves you past, please God, if it be your will. And oh, I'm just hoping with this cross, this cross, toes cross, eyes cross, head crossed, whatever, mm -hmm. uh, that God will do these different things. No. You learn to cease. To, you learn to die to the things of the flesh when, you, when you're called to it. I don't mean the old school intercession where it's, it's hip to be an intercess, intercessor 
and you have a t-shirt that says, hey, I'm on the prayer team. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in the anonymity of the spirit, in the place where you are known, but those that are around you don't know what you're doing. Because much of what we do, it's behind closed doors. It's in a closet. It's not out. Pray for the ones that are on the front lines. We pray for the ones that are standing on platforms or on, on screens like this or whatever it is. And we, um, if you will, in one sense, we loan our faith to them. Because when they're in those moments where they're standing, we're bolstering each other. We're backing each other up. We're one with one another. And that, I think, intercession is also a place that you learn to love. You see, because when you've prayed and walked with somebody through an ugly place or the Spirit of the Lord trusts you, entrusts you with the secrets of someone, he doesn't entrust you with their secrets for you to write a book about them or for you to go and tell everybody what their issues are. He entrusts you to let him pray through you, for you to be cut the hardness of your own heart against the weaknesses of the flesh. And we learn to love. I, I am kind of, it's funny to me because I I am very known for calling, telling people I love them or calling them my love or, or whatever it is. And I mean everything that I say, but I sometimes have to add a, a thing with males that I'm meeting because it's like, it's personal, but it's not personal. You know, I'm not, that's not, it's not a come on. It's that, all of a sudden, I can smell Jesus. I can, I sense my Lord in you, or I sense, if I don't sense my Lord coming from you, I'm hearing his affection toward you. Because even the meanest old cats on the planet, you know, people, maybe not old cats, but uh, people, some of the meanest this, that, and the other. That's not what I'm talking about. But he sure does have great affection for them. And they think you're an absolute idiot. When <laughs> you're looking at them with a smile. It's like, what you smiling at? What you looking at? Yeah. You know, it's like, I can't pick no fight. I just think you're amazing. You know? Mm -hmm. As opposed to, you are certainly a piece of work, aren't you? You know? <laughs> Which is not the way that we express it. So whoever that's for, you're thinking, but I thought God called me to this, and I thought God called me to that. Maybe it's built on prayer. Not to say prayer, but the intimate prayer. The time with the Spirit where He prays through you to pray the will of the kingdom into the earth to work through you so that the pathway is established. I was reminded of that when I was talking to one of the apostles at this meeting, and he's built a big, he's built a broadcast network, and he's done this, and, and he told me how he started. But as he reminded me, of something that's so elementary that you can forget it, that it started with prayer, the things that he did, and I just felt my heart being touched. Every single man and woman of God I spoke to during that time, there was an effect of that, and I moved well out of my own personal comfort zone to talk to people in ways that I did not typically do, and until, until now. Because I recognize, wait, you've got something I need to hear and I'm coming to get it. I'm not, you don't have to come to me. If, if you point it out, I'm coming to you. 
I will humble myself. I will, I will do what, I will follow in the steps of my apostle. And the way, I don't have her way with people, but her integrity and her willingness to humble herself and to be quiet and to learn in the moments when God is not speaking through her. He's speaking to her. Did you catch that? We live in moments where God is speaking to us, one another. He's not speaking through us. So we take in what's to be given for such a time as when he's ready to pour it out through us. It works in us first. It does the things in us. We're oftentimes in a hurry or resentful because we feel we're not being used. It's like, well, you're being used, all right. It's just you're not a very much use in the kingdom. You are definitely being used as a piece of work somewhere, love. But maybe it's not what the intention of the king is for your life. So you want to pay attention to your attitude. Well, here's a great conversation. Nowhere near where I thought we were going. I'm still trying to get the introduction about Fresno. So, <laughs> so while we were there, truly, truly, there were great outpourings of love. And one of the things that happened uh, is that there were some different books and stuff. And so I was told, here's the first thing that kind of happened. I met, I, I had been told by Apostle Baker that another apostle had read my book, Kingdom, I'm going to call it by the wrong name, Kingdom 101. And, well, 202 is in the, the work, so. Um, Kingdom 101. And he sent me a message that she had already given me. Now, three, at the mouth of two or three, let a thing be established. When I was first working with this book, and I had sent it to my editor, she told me, two years ago, you need to do a workbook. And I said, sure. But at the time, say feelings. Feelings. feelings were talking to me louder than I wasn't hearing her. Okay? All I was knowing was, this is a lot of work. And I'm feeling it. Alright? But she told me that, and she told it to me again, and she told me three times. And I said, okay, okay, Beth, I will. Okay. Alright? And I meant that. But I didn't do anything with it. We finally got through, uh, the time when the book was released and it was just within a, uh, Apostle Baker told me the same thing when she told me I can't I cannot say but it was before she gave me the message it was probably four or five six months ago because what she's been doing um, is saying to me personally I want you to start getting ready to be, to, to be brought forward I want you to be get ready to be brought forward I want you to be ready to be brought forward and for somebody that kind of was specializing in being invisible, that's not comforting words. Okay? I want you to come out of the corner and come into the... No, I'm good over in the corner. I'm, I like being in the corner. Corners are comfortable. You can lean against the wall. You can, <laughs> I like corners. You know, I wasn't stupid enough to say that, but I felt it. I want you to... Okay, yes, ma'am. So she began the process of doing things in me because I need a lot of work straight up all right because you can live inclusively you can live as a recluse you can live in a comfort zone under somebody else's shadow because there's no pressure there the book doesn't stop with you so it's a nice place 
Okay, some people don't want to admit that. But I didn't have a problem with that, okay? So, but I heard her. I did not ignore her. I listened to what she was saying. And so I started doing the little stuff, the little stuff. But my obedience quotient wasn't very high. And I remember sharing, all this is still about Fresno, and you'll see how it connects, and then we can go into the next zine. Obedience wasn't at the level. God said you're living below the level that I've called you to. You're subpar. And I think I shared that with you because I thought Minister Dury was really funny that day when he said, who asked you to butt into my business? Because I wasn't talking about y'all. I was talking about me. But it hit you. I'm sure it did. It pinged and it ponged off of people. And it, and it started working, you know, within our, our various lives. And so the Lord said, you're under par. And this is not a golf game. So you're going to have to come up. You're, you're going to have to come up with the standards. And so I began to go on that journey. And there were all these different things. I'm, I'm at, by nature, um, you can't claim to be shy because shy is prideful. You think too much of yourself when you say, well, I'm not comfortable. It's, it's not about that at all. It's really just the self-absorption. Okay, it really is. It's all about me. It's not got anything to do with anybody else. I'm too shy to talk to people means I don't want to be bothered with people unless they were of interest to me. I don't want you to push me out there. I, I personally, I'm not of the uh, evangelist temperament, but I am the sit and talk over coffee temperament, and I need to talk to you about Jesus. I'm not the one when my brother over here and I used to have to go out and do glad tidings school of evangelism. I'm not bad. <laughs> My brother throw cookies at people to get their attention and start talking to them and witnessing. And I, he was, I'm talking to evangelist, or Minister Al, and he was quite, quite effective. I was like, is it safe? Are they going to hurt us? We all right? Because I don't, I don't want to talk to people. That was how I felt about it, okay? Unless I met somebody that I found of interest, and then I could engage, and in that, Come. So it wasn't that I was not of an evangelistic nature. It was that my understanding of what an evangelist was supposed to be does not fit my profile. And so I did not want, you know, I, I wasn't comfortable pretending. And for me, it would be pretense. But the Lord said, I never asked you to be like him. I, so I just want to talk to people through you. Okay, I can do that. I can absolutely do that, otherwise I wouldn't be sitting here, all right? So, uh, you're, you're below par. Your obedience level is at the place of compromise. You're, you're, you're not hearing me, you're hearing what you want to hear. And you're going to have to stop that, or you're not going to hear me when I'm talking to you. So it was like, well, okay, but where? And this was a true thing for me. God, if I'm so disobedient, how am I being disobedient? I think I'm doing everything that you want me to do. Anybody have a Bible? Sure. You know where it is in, in one of them Kings? <laughs> it's like it's 1 Kings chapter 18 or thereabouts or 15. But it's really talking about, and I've talked about this before, so. Let's go to 1 Samuel. I think that's where it is. Play that. Yep, 1 Samuel 15. So I just had to 
the number wrong. Okay, so 1 Samuel 15 is, of course, where Samuel, or King Saul, gets rejected. He said, because the Lord, see, he, he was saying to God, God has said, utterly destroy. Get rid of these people. Kill them all. Leave no prisoners. Take no prisoners. Take no prisoners. That was where that expression, that's where that expression comes from. And so he didn't do it. He, instead, they spared the king Agag, and they spared the, the best of the sheep and the oxen, the fatlings, or the calves, and, and, and the lambs, and all, and they were unwilling. See, here's that word. This is the definition of disobedience. Being unwilling to do what God said to do. They were unwilling to destroy things that in their eyes were good. We're not going to waste all this. I paid perfectly good money for this. Why would I just throw it away? Things of that sort. When God clearly said, get this trash out of your house. It may be your physical house, the, uh, the, your address where you live, or it may be where your spirit resides. And I did not understand that I personally was, was projecting an unwillingness to make changes within myself. I was doing the changes I was willing to do. And I was expecting that that should be good enough for God. Now, was this conscious? No. No. Because that would have been defiance. Rebellion is not always conscious. But it's there. Sometimes you're deceived. You're so used to being a certain way that you don't listen for the change you think that the way because you're not like other people that you're okay but the standard that you're living by is earthly sensual devilish it's not heavenly it's not kingdom and so you think it's okay for me this is how and no condemnation y'all say it no condemnation no no say it for real i mean she ain't talking about, i'm not talking about you even if it hits you i'm not talking about you all right do you hear what i'm saying this is how come Christian people, single people, married people, go slipping in the darkness, and that's a sex thing. That's how unmarried people end up in these affairs. That's how, because they're mad at God, because they're going to fix him, because they don't really think he cares. I can't tell you how many times I was in a nightclub, and I was a heathen. And them so-called Christians. You know, well, God understands, and a man has needs. Well, you don't have any need of me. You may have need of me, but you ain't getting me. Because there's something just hinky crazy about that to me. Something about, you can come to my house, but you're going to have to leave early because I'm a deacon in my church. It just didn't, it didn't flow with me. I was, I was a heathen, but I wasn't that stupid. Okay. I was, I, I, you know, do you understand what I said? I had standards. I had heathen standards. Okay. And they didn't cut into Christian hypocrisy. I didn't learn that until I became a Christian. That's when my hypocrisy part kicked in. So, having said that, um, so I had this rebellion that I didn't know was rebellion. And here I've read it, but one day I'm reading this scripture, and it said that Saul was told, go attack Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have. This is 1 Samuel 15, verse 3. Utterly destroy. Utterly destroy. Okay. Utterly destroy. That means... Nothing lives. Nothing remains whole. Nothing remains functional. Take it, take it down. 
utterly destroy all they that they have. All that they have. All y'all secondhand people. These are good shoes. <laughs> this this is a designer bag. This thing, look, the tag is still on it. This thing hasn't even been used. I'm not going to throw this away. Utterly destroy. Oh, come on. Everybody knows when you go to war, you get to keep something. Okay, these are designer shoes in the box. Oh my gosh, the paper is still on them. These shoes are $900 per shoe. $1,800 for the pair. This is a score. Oh wow, utterly destroy all that they have. They're my size. This has got to be God. <laughs> See, if I meant you like they're broken down stuff, you'd be like, yeah, that's trash. Nah, I'm talking treasure. But it belonged to them, to the enemy. This was not a time. This, this war was not one where you took back all the loot. This war was different. This was the test of obedience. This was the test of how strong a poverty spirit you carry. This was a test to show how hungry are you for what God has. He says, don't spare them. Kill both man and woman, infant and nursing child. Can you imagine the thoughts seeing people thinking, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. This is the enemy spawn, right? Okay, get, it, get rid of it all. So he gathered the people together and he numbered them into lion. 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 men of Judah. That's a lot of people's lives. That's a lot of families that are affected. And he came to a city of Amalek and lay in wait. And then he said to the Kenites, go and depart, because we're in covenant. Go, 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 unless I destroy you with them, for you showed not covenant, but kindness. You showed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt, so the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites, which let you know, we'll live with you, but we're not going to commit. There's danger, y'all dying, I'm gone. And that's exactly what they did. We're not staying around for the slaughter. We're getting out. So we're, we're cold. Uh, existing, but we're not friends. Okay? And so Saul attacked the Amalekites from Havilah all the way to Shur, which is east of Egypt, and he also took now, there. He did that. He went all the span, and so that looks like obedience, doesn't it? He attacked, and he's going, is that obedience? The answer is yes. He's doing what he was told. He's in the process of doing what he was told to do. Okay? So Alfred did, God told Alfred to do this and to do this and do this. Now started with number one. And he started doing all that. Or, or you insert your name there. They began to do all that God said to do. The thing is, is that it's a start to finish. It's not a start and then change the plan. He changed the plan. He took Agag, the king of Amalekites, alive. And, but he utterly destroyed all the people. See, I killed everybody but the king. That should be good. Because that's what God said to do, right? Mm -hmm. No, it isn't. No, he said everything. Everything and everybody. He kept the king. He kept the king. Okay? And they spared him. They spared the sheep. Now, they killed the people. But they, killed, they, they spared the sheep. They spared the ox, the fatlings, the lambs. And all good but they were unwilling to utterly destroy them. 
those Jimmy Choo's or whatever the designer name of the shoe or whatever what they ain't going nowhere. That designer bag, that this is a nice this is a nice backpack right here. Oh my gosh, did you see this? I mean, it's like a bargain. Uh, this furniture is amazing. Do you see the, the 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 quality of this clothing? Oh, this is this is the finest workmanship. So what does it say? They were unwilling. Uh, the best of the sheep, the ox, the fatlings, the lambs, and all the stuff they found good, for they were unwilling to utterly destroy what they found good. Utterly unwilling to obey God once they found something that their eyes, that was pleasing to their eyes. That's how y'all end up in them relationships when he said, let go of that. <laughs> okay? For real, whether it's a relationship with a person, or a thing, or a place, or this or that, it can be anything. I know it defaults to another person, but it's not always another person. Most of the time, you know, it's like, I can dump them if I can still keep this. If, if they're gone, I get my car to myself. <laughs> I get this, I get that. So they're, you know, depending on who you are and how you order, Sometimes it's like, this is easy. I, 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 can, I can truly let go of that. That would not be a problem. So therefore, there was no sacrifice. Easy to obey him. And isn't that the way we're supposed to be able to serve God? It should just be so easy to obey him. Anytime you ask me to do things that I want to do, I was thinking about doing it anyway. Sure, God, not a problem. I'll just let that go. And then we get to something that's a pet. Typically, it's an attitude, a thought, an opinion, an action toward another, emotions. This is how we're getting to bitterness and unforgiveness and all these other things. Because he says, change how you think about that person. Now, I'm not going to do that. See, that's different. Because they're unwilling. I'm, I'm unwilling to change because this is working for me, whatever it is. So they were unwilling to utterly destroy it. But everything that they despised and they considered to be worthless, oh, easy, throw that away. Happy eating candy bar, get rid of that. Are you with me? Mm -hmm. yes. Now the word of the Lord came to Samuel. Because all the time that this is going on, Samuel is not there. Saul has gone out on a mission that he's been given the instructions, so it should be easy. As long as you follow the instructions, Israel's going to prosper. This is going to happen. That's going to happen, and, and all will be well. Okay. Um, but the word, but but guess who's watching? Guess who's watching? Oh See, God's watching, yeah. even when the apostle can't see you. Mm -hmm. Or and most of the time, I don't care if the apostle sees you or not, because she can't be everywhere. It's the church feet folks that you ran into. Put your head down. Get down. Just need to the seat. Hey, I can't stop. I gotta go. <laughs> Something like that is taking place. Because I don't need y'all people in my, my business. It ain't none of your business. I saw you, but you didn't introduce me to your friend. Well, why you got to meet them? I used to say something really terrible. No, actually I didn't. My relatives did. Because in those days, I thought I was cute. And so I pretty much had a flavor of the month as far as boyfriends were concerned. I will not quote him accurately because it was very tacky. But I bring these boyfriends around to my relative's house and one, one of my favorite uncles. And I would, you know, I'm going to introduce you. He said, don't even tell me the blankety blank's name. <laughs> they said, what? 
You know, I can see just by looking at him, he ain't going to be here, and he ain't coming back. Forget it. I don't even need to know who he is. <laughs> okay. That's my uncle. This is my friend. And I'll go. Because he was right. He's not going to be around. You can tell just by the way he's looking and the way he's acting. Now, he don't fit. He's not going to stay. I don't need to know who that is. All right? That's the way we act sometimes. Like, you don't need to know. This is this is not this is this is not permanent. This is just me giving somebody a ride. That's all it is. So you don't need to know. And that kind of secrecy, it leads to an ability to hide things that you really need to expose. Mm. Okay. All right. So God saw, and that's the thing. No matter who you think was, she didn't see it. I'm so glad they didn't see it. No, God did. Mm. And God spoke to the prophet. And he said, I regret, I greatly regret, that I have set up Saul king. He's turned back from following me. You see, he's made a decision. I talked about this a little bit on Sunday. That there are people that the Lord has said, they've already made their decision. They've turned back from following me. They're not going to walk with me. They're going to walk with the me that they want, not the me that I am. It's a very dangerous place. They're going to walk with God, what they call God. And so then they're right. They're right. They're saying, you're saying that this is God. Well, it is to them, but it's not Jehovah. Mm. To follow after other gods, to turn to other gods and follow them. Many times it's the self-promotion. It's the things that make us feel good. You know, we talk about this, I do right now, a lot. Because as I said before, people are dying. People are having to leave before they completely turn away, so that they don't perish. Okay. So he said, I regret it, because he's turned back from following me. He has not performed my suggestions. You know what that says? Saul has not performed my suggestions. You guys aren't reading your scripture. No. That's First Samuel chapter 15, verse 11. He said, I greatly regret that I have set up Saul king, for he has turned back from following me and has not performed my suggestions. My commandments. What did you say, ma'am? Commandments. Commandments. No, uh-uh. Suggestions. Surely he understands there's some things I just don't want to do. So I think God has great ideas, but not always what I think is a good idea. It doesn't line up with me. It's not my thing. See? That was the mistake I was making. I didn't take what he said seriously. I just thought he was being cute. I didn't know this what I was thinking. And so the day that I asked the Lord to show it to me, and I just happened to come upon this. He said, he's, he's not performed my commandments, and it grieved Samuel, and he cried out to the Lord. And I thought, okay. So Samuel rose, and he went to Carmel, and he went to him and said all that. But his, this is the verse that captured me. Chapter 15, 1 Samuel, verse 13. It says, Samuel went to Saul, and Saul said to him, you blessed the Lord. Or he said, blessed, blessed of the Lord, I've performed the commandment of the Lord. And Samuel said, then what is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of oxen, which I hear? And Saul said, verse 15, they brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God, and the rest, everything else, 
we, we just kept what we wanted, but we got rid of everything else. That was behavior. I'm doing everything that you said except the parts I don't want to do. Mm. I'm doing everything you, what, what is the problem? I'm doing everything you asked me to do except what I don't want to do. <laughs> Can you see it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. I know it's attacking stuff. He said, we sacrificed to the Lord. But the rest, we, we, we destroyed everything that was ugly. We didn't want any of that. We just got rid of all that. But, you know, the designer stuff, oh, no. People already took that stuff home. <laughs> they backed up that camel and, or that, 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 that donkey and wagon or whatever it was, loaded that sucker up, and it was gone. Okay? Like people clean out relatives' homes when they die before the news gets out. All the best stuff is gone by telling you, didn't Uncle, Uncle so-and-so, didn't Mom and them, didn't they have such and so? Oh, I don't know what happened. <laughs> what is the bleeding of sheep that I hear? The honking of horns. Oh. Oh, I, oh. Well, I'm just as surprised as you are. Okay. Samuel said something very interesting to Saul, and I bet you Saul was like really shocked. Because this is a prophet talking to a king. And the prophet said to the king, shut up. Actually, he says, be quiet. But that's, shut up. In every language I know. Okay? He said, shut up. I'm going to tell you, I have to go into the vernacular now. Boy, you need to shut up. I'm going to tell you. Not even I'm going to. I'm going to tell you what God told me last night. Okay? You messed up my sleep. So if you think you're going to get away with all this little hooty-tooty stuff, you, you don't know me. Or if you do, I'm about to introduce you to another part. You, back up, because I got something to say. And that's essentially the attitude he was like, no, silence. To the king. To the king. To the king. Because this was God's name. And he said, the king's like, you may speak. Yeah, right. You didn't have anything else to say. Go ahead, speak on. Because whatever you're going to say, I'm not going to hear it anyway. Because I already know what God has told me. And what you have to say is not going to, if it's not what I know to be true for myself, it's not going to be the truth to me anyway. That's what that means. Speak, but I don't hear you. I think mayhap that's where talk to the hand came from. <laughs> so Samuel said to him, when you were little in your own eyes, and you remember this, Junior, you came to me first. I didn't come looking for you. Think about it. Saul came to Samuel when, when his father's, when the, uh, uh, the ox or donkeys or whatever it was were missing. He, did, he was told by his servant, Let's go look for the prophet of God. And in that day, and in that time, Samuel was a somebody to Saul. Because Saul was a nobody. He wasn't anything. He sure wasn't a king. He hardly, he didn't have his own money. He had what his daddy had. And he had lost that. He didn't even have enough money to pay to talk to the prophet. The servant paid for it. Oh, no, because, you know, he's wealthy, so he never carried anything. The servants always carry. Shut up. 
Okay? He says, you were little in your own eyes, let alone whatever you look like to me. You weren't head of, you weren't head of the tribes of Israel. The Lord anointed you king. Didn't the Lord anoint you king over Israel? Didn't God raise you up? Didn't everything that you have, all this wealth, all this ability, all these talents, that in the early days you cried, to God be the glory, to God be the glory, to God be the glory. But what happened? When did you start believing that you being king made you a big deal? I'm so grateful for the sign plate that my brother bought for me that he said the Holy Spirit told him to buy, which says, I'm kind of a big deal. Because to me, from the first time I saw it, and I've shared that with you all before, and I laughed, because I thought, exactly, I'm not. I'm not. Kind of. Anything. You see, I'm not a big deal. I'm part of something bigger and greater than what I can do. And so, the Lord, he said, sent you on a mission and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they're consumed. And you can see him, yeah, yeah, that's what he said. That's exactly right. You're right. Mm-hmm. That's what he told me. He told me to go, and he said that I'm supposed to go and destroy those sinners, the Amalekites, and I'm going to fight against them until they're consumed. Yep, that's what he said. Utterly destroyed. That's exactly what he said. You're right. So then why did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the sword? How is that for King James? You swooped down on the sword. That is so 21st century. He swooped on the spoil. Isn't that a word we still use? Mm -hmm. He said, wow, they had it rocking back there. Okay, 1600s, 1500s. Why did you swoop down on the spoil? Why did y'all go and get everything expensive and good? You stripped all the pictures off the walls, took the diamonds out the drawers. You did everything. You, stripped, you took the winter the dead bodies and took off their jewelry. You did it all. You took everything you wanted. Well, I think we got everything. We're good. Y'all go ahead and throw the rest of that away. That's what they did. He says, so why did you swoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? In other words, because of the way you handle business in the eyes of God, what you did was counted as evil. Why? Because it wasn't okay to take the wealth. It was because God had given an instruction. If God had said, just go kill them all or go kill as many as you can, the spoil is yours. That's the, that was the way war was. But he gave an instruction. So, Sam, this is where I saw it, from verse 13 to verse 20. This is where I got my head slapped right. Saul said to Samuel, but I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. Because that's what I used to say. I, what are you talking about? I have obeyed God. And I've gone on the mission, he said, on which the Lord sent me. Okay, I have obeyed God. I have done what God said. And then you brought back Agag, I brought back Agag, King of Amalek. I've totally, I've utterly destroyed the Amalekites. The, what? I brought back the king and I destroyed the people. I've destroyed the Amalekites. Is the king an Amal Amalekite? Yeah. Then how have you destroyed the Amalekites? Well, all but one. <laughs> he said, but now, here's really poor leadership. It, the people took the plunder. It wasn't me. It's the people. The people that, all the thousands of people that was working with me, I'm just one guy. 
supposed to control all these greedy folk. <laughs> they took it before. I, I, I can't be everywhere at once. I didn't know they took the person's this. I didn't know that was God. Wow. They did all that. This the people. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. I'm, who am I? I'm just the king. <laughs> the people took the plunder. The sheep and the oxen, they took the best of the things which should have been. <laughs> now, hearing where the, where the truth is spoken, they took the best of the things which should have been utterly destroyed. Mm. What did you just call that? The best of the things which should have been utterly destroyed. Now, yeah, this stuff was supposed to be destroyed, but they took it. What was I supposed to do? Go back and get it? Okay. They took it to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. Okay, so now we can get holy in our disobedience. It was for the Lord. I did it for the church. I didn't come around when I was deep in sin because I didn't want to contaminate you. I didn't want you to see my filthiness. There's all kinds of lies that go around. And Samuel said to him, as the Lord great delight and so forth, and then as in obeying in, in burnt offerings and sacrifices. You think that God is going to be impressed with you taking all the spoil that he told you to destroy. And you said, oh, well, we were going to destroy it, but we decided we'd destroy it in a sacrifice instead of in obedience. I want to do it on my terms. I want to do it on my terms. I want to be in control. I don't want to submit. I want to do it myself. But the prophet said, rebellion, that's the sin of witchcraft. Stubbornness is iniquity and idolatry. You, you're evil. You're walking in evil. You've chosen evil. And because you have rejected the word, the word of the Lord. See, the word of the Lord. The instruction was a word. And you don't want to do what he said. You are more caught up in, remember I told y'all a couple weeks ago, the Holy Spirit had shared. Many of my people are more focus, they believe more what they feel than what I say. They obey more what they feel than what I say. They reject, we, we, we reject his word for how we feel. We reject his word because of the climate. We reject his word because we got to obey the government that is ungodly in its directive. And so we reject that and God said to the Lord that because you rejected his word, you've been rejected as one to represent him in the priest, in, in the rulership of his people. So you did the one, and when you did it, you also did this. Okay. And so Saul said to Samuel, and this is why I think he was probably Samuel, I've sinned. You're right. Wow. I blew it. Mm. I've transgressed, transgressed the commandment of the Lord in your words because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. So would you forgive me? And let's just go so that I can worship God. Because <laughs> I said, I'm sorry, that should be enough, right? Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. So that's the part I wanted to read, and you can read the rest of it for yourself. But my point was that what we think of as mostly obeying is not obeying at all. It's disobeying. It's called rebellion. And sometimes you don't know it because you have an opinion about how you should obey God, and, you, and your opinion differs from what he actually said. And in any place where that's happening, you have a problem. Most of the time, it's not 
utterly, it is utterly destroyed enemy. It's get rid of all of the pride. It's get rid of all of the fear. Get rid of all of the resentment. Get rid of all of the bitterness. Get rid of all of the hatred. Get rid of all of the bigotry. Get rid of all of the, the, the um, sense of entitlement. Get rid of all of it, not just enough of it to get a little deliberate. I'm better. I feel like I'm, I'm so much better, but you're still filled with fear. Yeah, but not today. Today's a good day. No, no, see, any tolerance for works of darkness is an intolerance for truth. And we have to become so tough on that, make that a principle, a ruling principle, a truth, a principle that works in our lives, a, a divine directive that has uh, divine authority in our lives, kingdom authority, that I have an intolerance of fear in my life. I have an intolerance of catering to fear, an intolerance of bowing to fear, an intolerance of placating, entertaining it, allowing it to have rule over me. I'm scared of a disease that I can't see, but I'm not walking in the fear of the God that I cannot see. So I've determined who has rule over my life, you see. And, and so it's like, wait, stop the world, because I was not created by a virus, I was redeemed from it. But if we don't spend the time where we're supposed to, that does not become a warring principle that rises up on the inside of you or me. When the time comes that you are challenged with deception, that truth rises up and shoots out of it and cuts its head off. Because that's what it's supposed to do. When you have an intolerance of the works of darkness, they won't come looking for you too often. You see? Are you are y'all understanding what I'm saying? So what does that got to do with Fresno? Everything. We saw people in that place that made us all the better. We already have a leader that walks that way. And the caliber, the connection, as all those apostles were there and releasing the word and doing the things, the caliber of that was, we come from good stock. This is the gold. This is the gold standard, the God standard. Not the gold of the world, but the gold of heaven. This is the standard by which it's kingdom standard is what I'm talking about. And, and that we are to, we can elevate to this because we're called to it. And that's what happened, you know, there. And so some of the things that, that, that went on, I mean, there, there were so many powerful things that transpired. And so, as I said, another apostle spoke to me and said, you need to do the study guide for your book because um, I need it to teach. And then another apostle said, I've been teaching out of your book. Do you have a study material? Because I stop at different places to start teaching it, but it would really be helpful if you had like, a guideline that we could use. And then I think there was one more person that said the same thing to me. And it's like, okay. And paper opened up and some different things are going on. So I was like, yes, I will do it. I promise I'll do it. So then I get a text message. Um, a messenger, I should say. And it's another apostle who's like, who said to me, and I'm going to read this one. Um, what is going on here? Hold on. Let's try that again. Okay. <laughs> okay, yes, sir. Um, he said to me, 
Okay. I love you, my sister. When will you be finishing your workbook? I want to use it for some of my new discipleship classes. Okay. I get it. So I responded back, okay, I love you too, my brother. I'm laughing because the apostolic demand for this study guide has increased tremendously. I said, you're the third apostle to ask in the last few days. I hear you. Okay. I will be working on it this week and working through the next couple weeks to get it done. It's apparent to me that the anointing to do this now is here. This is the Kairos time for this. Y'all understand what I'm saying? And uh, so I'm submitting and stepping in. Do you have any thoughts? And I asked him and he gave me some suggestions. So I wanted to show you this just to let you know. I realize you can't do things by yourself. You need a team. And so there are some people that were voluntold that they were going to work with me. And um, you got that slide? So that's what we're working on right there. Mm. I mentioned it to you last week, but it wasn't a thing. Now it's a thing in action. As you see, it's all different. So that is uh, the study guide for Kingdom 101, published by Dominion Unlimited Publications. Study guide and online broadcast coming in September 2021. So we're working on it. Believe me, we're working on it. Now, having done that, that's submission, but it's also favor, and it's a call. You've been told this once, twice, three times, and as he said, um, he gave me a prophetic word about it, that this needs to come out because of where, where it's going to be used, and I'll share that at another time. But then he also said, uh, also, in the mouths of two or three witnesses, right? Yes, apostle. Thank you, sir. And Dr. Baker, of course, just laughs. So, I told you, yes, ma'am, you did. Don't be stupid. When they all tell you, like, yeah, yeah, I know you told me, just thank you. Yes, yes, I submit. Because God is speaking, King. You're either going to do what he says, or you're going to blow it. I'm not blowing it. Not this time. All right? So I've committed myself live and in person. All right. Now, the other thing is that Apostle Baker, for those of you that are part of this house, Especially, uh, it's not just ministers, it's ministers and ministers coming up. There are two books that we have been, um, uh, she believes very strongly we should read. And um, I'm a fan of this particular uh, writer. And this is, these are the books by Dr. Barry Cook. He's also an apostle. And the first one is called Establishing Your Course Through the Prophetic Anointing, which I know you see up on the screen. We have a select number of these available in our bookstore, as well as they are live on um, Amazon. So you can get this tonight if you happen to be here in the house. And if you're not, why aren't you? Oh, well, um, you get it on Sunday if she still has any left. And the second book, I'm reading this one. And this is why I said this is my personal copy. So you can see um, that, uh, uh, you know, we're really getting into this. Every page of this book from the top. Let me tell you something. And yes, my copy is autographed. Because I was really a fangirl, I've got to tell you. Sometimes I can be embarrassing if, if you don't know. But as you see, I am like on every page. This is not, uh, you know, the ones that I didn't highlight was probably because I was sleepy. But then I came back, it's almost like a coloring book. I love this book. It's called Mission Minded Leaders, Strategies for Effective Ministry. I love this book. And I started this one. I have a, a different copy of this one, and I started reading this. I love this book. These books are like reading Apostle Cal's book, uh, the books he's written on Weos and, and what have you. I read, uh, read Apostle Dorothy Lee's book. These books are amazing. These people are 
three out of the four are still here in the earth, okay? And God has graced us to have an apostle that has relationship with writers of books that are not uh, books that are necessarily, they're not popular for those that have a rebellious heart. But if you want to follow God and you want to do the things, you want to come into alignment with the kingdom of God and you want to walk in the flow of these things, these are the books. And I still recommend my own because these are some of the people that are calling for us, for the excellence in this house to, to, to be propelled forward as well. So I'm just pretty excited about that. And uh, the bookstore lady is here tonight. <laughs> So you don't have to wait till Sunday for these two, okay? Both of these by, are by Dr. Barry A. Cook, Apostle, and we still, I don't know if you have any more of Apostle Cal's books. There may be some of those if you haven't gotten them. I think Alpha and Omega, right, that one. Um, if you, if the, but I would suggest that you spend time not running straight to the food every Sunday, but run over to the spiritual food first before you get the physical. And that's the end of that conversation. All right, any questions, any comments? Yes, you need to go over to the mic. Only about what we talked about this far. Mm -hmm. Whatever question you have, if you ask me the question offline, go. Get over to the mic. Okay, well, when you're ready, it's fine. Okay. Yes. You need to be turned up a little bit. I think they can maybe hear me online, but just they have to have it in the city. Um, what I noticed is that, uh, is that Saul, um, I kind of like, I mean, I read it before, but I kind of did like a little, I looked in there while you were uh, teaching it. And I wanted to make sure it was before that, before the, they can't hear you over there. Oh, okay. Uh, you said that you've been reading, you were reading in 1 Samuel 15 as well, and okay, something so about Saul. Go ahead. I wanted to make sure that, you know, it was before that, that this, one of the decisions he made, um, Kate, well, I don't know if you would do that, but anyway, what I noticed about him was that before he uh, was disobedient to that instruction, mm -hmm. um, he didn't, just like you actually did bring this up, though. Remember how, how when he was a boy and he... Uh, went looking for Samuel to find out where the, the donkeys, mm -hmm. missing donkeys mm -hmm. were. He um, he took uh, Samuel's instruction as being valid. Right. And uh, before he did that thing with the, the Amalekites, he uh, he didn't wait on Samuel to do the sacrifice prior to, like he took like the priestly, one of the priestly duties into his own hands. Because he was like, and then Samuel was like, why you didn't wait for me? Right, going to Carmel. Yeah, and he said, well, because uh, I didn't know if you were coming. Right. And so I was I was thinking that maybe that had something to do with it. Um, yeah, I, it, I think it has to do with order and not knowing. What is one, What am I known for saying around here? It's an old track expression. Stay in your lane. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we think that we can just do anything. Do you remember what I did on Sunday? When We know that when our apostle is here, she takes the gavel and she calls it caused the apostolic into order. And I told you all, I prayed and I felt that's not for me to do because I have been given the authority to do what's what, but that's not a part of what I sensed for me it was not right. Now when the prophet released that word, 
She didn't bring it to order the way, but she made a decree. And so she used it in her office. Me standing in the office I was standing in, even though I have authority to operate by sanction of our apostolic headship, I did not, because I was not moving under that mantle, if you will, I was not going to try to pretend that I could. Okay, um, if I had been told, now when I'm operating under the things that I do, yes, I can bring things to order, in the order of, but I wasn't preaching from that level. I was preaching from something else, okay? So it's, to me, it's like, you are king, but you are not the prophet. You are supposed to carry out the orders from God. The prophet is not God. The prophet is the voice of God to you. And you are supposed to respond to that. But you saying, well, we don't even know where you went. I didn't know if you were coming. It was no different from the people creating a golden calf with Aaron because Moses had been too long in the mountains with God. And they go, well, we don't know. Hey, you, the other brother, why don't you go ahead and make us a calf? Give us something to worship. Because after that Moses guy, we don't know where he is. And it's taking control and it's getting so full of yourself. That God's voice is no longer the most important thing to your life. Because you've grown. Because you, again, you think you're a big deal. Got some money, got some fame. Got some of all of that. Got, and he was handsome, though. That's the one thing. Uh, Boy, it was straight, straight up fine. Yeah, so even though he didn't have the money as a, before he was king. Then somebody would have taken care like, of him because the boy was fine. Yeah, yes, in today's okay. society, he'd be kept. Yeah. Because <laughs> there was somebody dumb enough to do it, okay? Do you understand what I'm saying though? No. Yes. Because that was all flesh. Now they did not have Jesus, but that did not mean that rebellion was supposed to be the rule of the day. They had the prophet. I remember the question. Okay, go ahead. Because I, I am going to get to, oh, I'm out of time. Okay, you said that uh, when you heard the instruction about the study guide, um, you were like, okay, you know, uh, you had heard it. You, you had already intended to do it, and I'm pretty sure you already yes, started it. You're like, okay, now I got to bring this thing, what it sounds like to me, to finalization. Yes. Because there's a demand for because it. Because there's a demand in the spirit for it. Okay. It's, it's, it's when, the, when the apostles speak, when the prophets speak, God is speaking. I don't care what anybody out there thinks about, oh, they have this and the other. It's like, listen, if you think that I'm just paying attention to what comes out of the mouth of man, you don't understand. When you hear the voice of God through his servants, you obey him. And you honor the vessels that he's speaking to. Okay, so, and this is not a diss. Go ahead. Can I say that this is something that what they're asking you to do, or what God is asking you to do, is something that um, you're extremely gifted and excellent in. And um, how do we... How do I make myself do something where, like how you said, there's that I'll be good with God as long as it's something that I want to do. Not saying that that's what you're doing, but I'm no, just saying, in, in, yeah. But in this case, you're you're excellent in this area. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I get what you said, but I think I can answer your question. Yeah. So Let's what area I'm not excellent in? How do I do it? Even I well, see your thought, your assumption that I'm excellent in this area. You'd have to know, and I have explained this to you all, you all know that I lost my vision for a little while. And so there was that season where 
I almost died in a traffic accident. I almost crashed into a sound wall because my vision suddenly went out. And then there were six months that I could not even drive my car. I couldn't see the lanes. And so my daughter had to drive me everywhere until I had the first surgery and the second. So that's why sometimes you see those little silver discs in my eyes because those are my temporary uh, eyes until my lenses until my head and uh, this, this other stuff happens, okay? What happened to me, anytime man touches you like that, you know, surgically cuts into you, something happens. And I didn't think to pray about it or any of it. I lost all desire to read. I have had to fight over the last few years to, to want to read again because I was pulling things up to 800 magnification. Do you have any idea what that looks like? It's like four words on a screen. It was blown up and blown up and I still couldn't see it. At a few times when it was like for a moment, I thought I could see, I could see, but then it, it, something would happen and it went away. And I struggled with this for, it was about two, two, three years. Okay? So what happened is, yes, I wrote the book. I can type with my eyes closed. But because of the type of writer that I am and, you know, because my background is proofreading and editing and stuff, I, I, I know kind of how to set things up. And writing Kingdom 101 was great, but... It cost me. And so like anything else, yeah, it's an accomplishment. I don't belittle this at all. I'm impressed with God. But even though I have a book two and a book three and so forth and so on, the thought of having to do it was intimidating. You wouldn't think so. I'd write, you know, I'd teach some blood to Jesus and so forth and Everybody knows what I'm like as far as <laughs> worksheets and, and do this and that. It takes me 20 minutes to just put that together, right? But this was different because it meant going back to something that caused pain. So I see this call for this workbook before I even finish 202 or the other book. And I've got a lot. I've got probably 12 kingdom books in various uh, stages of completion. I believe that this is a healing for me. It's pulling something out that has been in me too long that I didn't even know was there. And I tell you the truth, except that you said what you just said, I probably still wouldn't know. Because what you just said challenged it. And I have to look at it and go, is that what it is? No. I've been afraid, my love. And so today I have to cut that off. Utterly destroy it. Or I will get swallowed up and I will not obey God. And that is not going to happen. That's a great question. I'm glad you asked. Go ahead. So how, how, how are you going to do it? One thing, the first thing I did is I asked for help. So I have a voluntold team of how many of us, Crystal? Five? Uh, yeah. No, a team of yes, five. So they're doing the pulling. And I'm doing, I'm writing. I've already started writing the introduction and, um, you know, doing that and pulling things together. And then we're doing the timeline. And they're pushing me and pulling. And I've got to, when you have a Kairos moment, the word of the Lord has come to you. God is calling for this. I'm anointed to do it. So it could be done because, best part ever for me, in the spirit realm, it's already done. All we gotta do is go get it and bring it into here. Does that answer? It's already written. I just have to go get it. 
for me though, like not for you. you know? Uh-huh. Um so difficult places, does it call for like like if it's um it's not no like old garbage. Um but the difficult not that I need to use that disclaimer, but <laughs> the difficult places does it that that I'm struggling to break through in, does it call for like fasting? The difficult places she asked that that she's breaking through in, does it call for fasting? It does when he asks you to. But I think it calls for pressing. To me, it calls for time of worship. It calls for a time of surrender. It calls for a time of seeking him and asking him. Now, if you think fasting's gonna do that, there are obviously times of fasting and prayer. Since I pretty much live that way right now, go for it. But, <laughs> but, um, but what I believe it is, is doing nothing that you're used to doing and doing something you've never done. It will take the Holy Spirit to do it. So learn to listen, learn to hear, so that even if it's an apost when it's an apostolic voice, a prophetic voice, a pastoral voice, an evangelistic voice, a teaching voice, an intercessor, whatever the voice of God, the utterance that it comes through, learn to listen. And so that you will recognize not the voice of the man or the woman of God, but the voice of God through the man or woman. Does that help anybody? Any other questions? Because I believe we're actually kind of out of time. <laughs> questions online or something? Those are great questions, ma'am. I'm very proud of you. Learn, you're going to do something different. I said it again. Remember, he told us a couple of weeks ago, Mary is your example. Whatever he has already said, you need to submit to that. And stop reasoning it away, like Saul did, like I've done, and many others have done. Stop reasoning it away with your little tiny brain. <laughs> yeah, I know that's what he said, but you know, well, my experience with this is, I was talking to somebody else about it, and this is what they said, and on and on we go, and blah, and blah, and... <laughs> Right? Because really, my comment to you then is, well, when you're done wasting my time, or when you're ready to actually use my time, or value my time, let me know. But meanwhile, I'll leave you and y'all to this, because you don't need me. When you want to get out of the mess, walk away and walk to the sanity. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Tell him, I, I don't know what you sound like, but I'm submitting to this, because if you don't, you don't. But you can we don't have any excuses because Jesus has is in us, and he knows how to listen to the Holy Spirit. So ask Jesus to listen and tell you what to say. Does that make sense? And I'm not, I'm not being flipped at all. I'm, I'm simply saying, let's stop complicating what's really very simple. And just obey what we obey the instructions. That's the scripture. But obey the instructions. Do what he said. Let me find that one for you. Because that really is a scripture. And we don't trust me to tell you where it is. I think the actual words is uh, obey the message. Um, um, that's, that's the, but I don't have anything in my head right now. Okay, James 1. Uh, it says, obey God's message. Don't fool yourself by just listening to it. If you hear the message and don't obey it, you're like people who stare at themselves in the mirror. You get all that, okay? That's James 1, 22 through 25. 
but obey the message. Um, there's another one that, that says the same thing, but that's James 1.22 um, that says that. Um, the other one is... Maybe that is the one. And then, of course, it brings 1 Samuel 15 again. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Obey the message. Forget about the other. Be one, be one of the rare ones. You know what, Lord? I'm going to be one of the ones that focuses more on what you say than on what I feel. I'm going to be more of what... I'm going to be like you. I can. It's easier for me to be like you than it is not to be. Because you're in me. I don't think many of us really understand we belong to him. And that belong to him is not like we just kind of going together. You know, I kind of, I'm kind of liking that guy. So, you know, I, I'm kind of with him. We're not official because he never put a ring on it. But I kind of like him. Now, that's not what it's like with Jesus. This is a marriage. And that means, no, I'm not out there like married to you and dating somebody else. So the devil and his, that's done. It's really done. And anything of his, man, I just came across his old sweater. Well, what are you going to do with it? I'm going to throw it away. I'm getting rid of it. I don't, I'm not going to keep it for what? Old time's sake to remember, I used to, be, I used to go with somebody to board this. And your husband, your, your spouse is walking around the house. You say, I used to be with somebody that owned this outfit, right? Well, why is it still in our house? <laughs> why is his or her old stuff in our house? Well, I didn't think he'd mind. It just, you know, reminds me. Why do you need to be reminded? Three in a bed is not okay. You got it? You still got it. You may be all you got, too. Okay. No, covenant. You understand? We're out of time. Um, wow. Wow. Well, at least I got my two flyers in. <laughs> wow. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for revealing. And I'll answer a question. How can you just say, hey, you've been afraid? Or how can I just say what I just said when Alicia was asking me those questions? Because I want the truth to come out. I didn't know that it's been fear. The Holy Spirit has been telling me, I've shared this with you all over like the last three, four months, that the Holy Spirit has been telling me, you need to get rid of all the fear. And earlier today or yesterday, whatever day it was, he's like, all of the fear. It's like, again, you go, well, what's left? Because you really, you, there's two ways to ask it. I've done it. What's left? Come on. That's one. Don't advise that. I've gotten rid of everything I know about what's left because the spirit you're the spirit of truth you're going to bring everything to light i want the holy spirit to expose any area of darkness in me i don't want it um so i'm willing to expose myself because it will grow me i won't hide in pride and add to a mess 
and prayerfully it will open stuff up for the rest of us so that together we go forward. I'm not interested on any day in being a leader that I accomplish. You guys just wait till I get really ahead of you and then I'll come back and teach it to you. I think not. I believe we're called to walk alongside. And I wanted to explain something. You know, on Sunday, I referred to Prophet Anita as my prophet. I want to clarify for you what I meant. I was not saying that she's my personal prophet. When I said, oh, that means you're my prophet. I had a sudden understanding. This is, it's like for me, it's like this is my sandbox prophet. This is somebody that I get to grow up in the things of God with. This is somebody I get to talk to that moves in the prophetic realm and is still learning as well, is, is, is uh, uh, fathered by, um, by other apostles that they're, they're, uh, that, that they're flowing all together. And she, like me, and a, 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 an evangelist and a, and a couple of others, I feel like I'm meeting people that are going to pull certain things out of me, making a demand. They're not going to try to just be my cutie friends. But they're friends in, in the kingdom that are saying, hey, if you've got it, I need it. Bring it out. Bring it out. That's what we're growing into. This is what elevation is about, expansion. I, would, I really would like to talk to you all about it. But the best I can say right now, the reason or the way we elevate and expand is that our capacity uh, for holiness and goodness is enlarged as we get rid of this other mess. Our maturation, the growing into mature sons, the wehas, starts to happen. That's what enlarges our capacity. That's what enables us to be elevated and to grow. That's what will enable you to be trusted with great wealth, is that you will have such a clear understanding of being rooted and grounded in the truth of the Word of God that all the religious facades run away from you. And your even for marriage or for anything else, your ability, whoever you're going to, your spouse, because there's he and she, you and you and they are supposed to carry the greater glory, the greater anointing. And so wherever you need to, or you know, we, whichever one of us it is, you know, that needs to grow, you you get rid of everything that's not God, so that everything that is God can fill you to to the rim. You understand? Um, you're called to walk alongside of somebody, to walk with somebody, that's for an expansion of territory. It's for a, a greater, the greater part of the kingdom to be seen through us. This is not the cute me and my spouse sitting in church and we're all huddled up and don't we look like a cute married couple. Those days are done. You understand? Married cute in the church, cute couple, and all of that uh, nonsense about the perfect Christian couples, throw it out, it's nasty. No, these are true power couples, true partnerships to manifest the glory of the kingdom of God and to change the territory, whatever you be, fivefold or something different, it matters not. What matters is that each of us allows the spirit of God to be intimate with us and we get this trash out of his don't go, you know, I'm cleaning, cleaning, throwing something away, and you have that one relative going, what you throw this away for? This is still good. I keep this. Huh? No, <laughs> you won't. <laughs>
got it. I said a whole lot. I said about four weeks, of, four hours of teaching in four minutes. And that's all we got tonight. I got a lot more. I honestly do. I got to talk to somebody. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. And offerings and Tuesday night talk and give those tonight too if you want. And we are loving you so 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 much and being very grateful for everything that has transpired in here tonight. So the giving information will show up on the site on the screen. And uh, I'm sure also if one of our team members is online, he's probably typing it up as well. But uh, those are the uh, that is the information. With Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Look, my mind is going, y'all. Not going crazy, but I mean, I got so many things going on on the inside of me because I'm very excited. I just got tipped into something, and I want to see what it looks like. I got to see this for more. I pray and release the the truth of God over you. We we bless every seed that is being brought into this house. We call for that expansion. We trust God for the reading of books by people like Apostle both Apostle Cooks, Apostle Barry and Apostle Cow, and books by both Lee's, myself, and of Apostle Dorothy. She's not here, but she's got, she left two books behind that are really uh, of, 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 of value to us. Um, books, uh, Apostle Baker is rewriting some things and doing some things, and then there's other things that are coming out of this house and other places. So I encourage you to go to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 15 and ask the Lord am I not hearing you? see I don't want to turn to other gods and follow them I've chosen who I love and I've chosen who I'm going to follow and it's not another God and if that's really true then let your actions follow your heart your words and follow after him Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of your house, whether you're real time with us or you're watching us at a later time. And do I have anything else to say? I got lots to say, but I mean, am I, is that everything I typically say? Come on, people. Y'all know what I say. Is that everything? You think so? Everybody get hit by the Spirit of God like I do, so you kind of like, yeah, whatever. Just hurry up so we can go and hear it. Good. That works for me. Okay. I love you so much. I'm Pastor Lansing Lee of Astounding Love of Global Church Fellowship. We will meet again on Sunday at 1045 a.m. for Biblical Solutions for Life. Our apostle, Dr. Baker, will be back in house, and we are so excited to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has. And I also need to correct that. She was not ministering at uh, Golden Altar last Sunday. She had gone in support of one of her brothers. And so I'm trying to clean up everything that I said erroneously. And... Before I get to babbling and running on and weeping and crying and doing all the stuff I feel like doing, I want to just say thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for tonight's Kingdom Conversation. We believe that it has been a tremendous blessing. We love you amazingly and wonderfully and astoundingly. And we'll see you next time. Thank you and good night. Say good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.